Benny Hinn's favorite radio personality, broadcasting legend, Drew Marshall. Right now, I hate Tim the Tool for one main reason. What's that? We've got to move on in our show, and I've got to read the bio here, but I want to listen to the song. <laughs> well, I figure we get the intro. This is one of my favorite songs of all time. Let's have a listen. Those guys are those harmonies, man. I'm telling you. All right, folks, you are listening to the Drew Marshall Show. It was Lindsay's first time professionally speaking, and she was incredibly nervous. And when I listened to the talk, I thought, man, first of all, as I've said many times during the show, I'm just embarrassed that I kind of missed International Women's Day. It just kind of, it didn't mean anything to me. It was like, I, hey. I didn't. What, you didn't miss it? Nope, I didn't. You did nice stuff for a woman? No, I made sure my students oh, right. realized okay, it. All right, all right. Anyway, I felt like a jerk. We had some good times. And then I was thinking, Ugh, okay, I should get somebody on the show that I actually respect and appreciate, and I think kind of brought it home on International Women's Day. Well, I appreciate that. Thanks. So, <laughs> no, you are not the person. So, this friend of mine named Lindsay, for some reason, accepted an invitation to speak in front of a bunch of women. And her biggest fear was speaking in front of a bunch of women. So, who does that? Who does that? In Lindsay's experience... Women have been judgmental, catty, cruel, condemning, backstabbing, and untrustworthy. I'm looking at the interns in the corner. True story, girls? Is that what you girls are like? What is wrong with your species? <laughs> Jeez. However, when Lindsay was done her talk, the room erupted into applause, and her talk about vulnerability, about facing fears, about experiences in early in life with mean girls, turned into a beautifully awkward exhortation about how women need to encourage other women instead of judging them on what they wear and how they talk. I want to play you Lindsay's first time speaking publicly talk. Have a listen to this, and you'll understand why she's on the show. So I am really nervous, and... Um and I actually spent the last month or so, uh, maybe the last week, but definitely the whole day, thinking up reasons how I can bail on tonight. Um, you're laughing, but I'm not kidding. Um, I can feel like all these things happening right now, like I'm getting sweaty. I can feel my glasses fogging up. My armpits are sweating and everything about me right now wants to like get up and leave. So um, I teach yoga and I teach in a studio and like if I had you guys all in downward dog right now like I'd be really comfortable but you guys are all actually staring at me actually looking at me and no really my glasses are like fogging can you see that <laughs> um, so it's just a really different thing sitting here and, and having everybody look at me so this is actually um, one of my biggest fears is being in a room full of women I know. <laughs> You know, growing up, I had this, this idea, this belief, this story that I've been carrying with me throughout my life, and it is really time to let that story go. And this story is that women can't be trusted, that women are mean, that, you know, um, women aren't really your friends because they can turn on you. And this is own, from my own personal experiences that I'm sort of carrying with me. 
And I know it's not true. And as like the wise words of Buddha, I need to let it go. So I want to share with you where that came from. And when I was in um, elementary school, I was with um, I had a group of girlfriends. There was like five of us. And uh, and every week, I swear we would like turn on one person in the group for no reason. And I'd been on both sides of that. I'd been like the person who, you know, I've been the mean girl. And then I was also like the, the receiver of that sort of meanness. And um, there, I remember there was a two-week period when all of my friends turned on me. Uh, nobody was talking to me. I was by myself at recess. You know, the girls, you know, I remember them giving me dirty looks in classes. They told the boy that I liked that I liked him. You know, just mean stuff. And at that young age, I sort of like made that decision in that moment that like, ooh, girls can't be trusted. Like, I don't, I don't like this. So, you know, I keep a safe distance from letting real girl friendships in my life. And then I continued into high school and it was the same thing. You know, there was like rumors spread and there was just mean stuff. And I'm like, okay, well, maybe this is like a high school thing. Maybe, you know, this will pass. Then I was like in my early 20s and I had this boyfriend who was in a social group with these really, I don't know, all the girlfriends were these beautiful like models and actresses and like, you know, those girls, right? Right. <laughs> they were perfect and they were beautiful. And I never felt like I was enough. I never felt like I was, you know, pretty enough or smart enough or, you know, I had the right, you know, things to wear or anything. I always just felt like I was not enough in that group. And then there's like that story of like the mean girls. I would make things true. Anything that happened, I'd be like, oh, there it is again. And I just spent my whole life keeping women away from me. And you would never guess that. Like, I know there's a lot of members here who are probably like, really? What? But it's true. There's been this thing where I like to keep women at a safe distance because I have this stupid story that you can't, they can't be trusted. And, um, where am I going with this? Oh, so being here, <laughs> I have no notes and I had no clue up until like this afternoon. I really didn't know what I was going to talk about. Um, I'm not kidding. So what I decided to talk about was actually what I was feeling about not wanting to talk today. And what came up for me when I got to the root of it, I'm like, Lindsay, you talk in front of people all the time. You know, you're okay with this. You do this. Like, what is your problem today? And like, when I really thought about it, it was, I'm standing here and I feel like I'm standing naked, like in front of all of you. And I feel really vulnerable. And I've been reading that book by Brene Brown, uh, Daring Greatly. Have you heard of it? So this whole book is on vulnerability and, you know, standing in the arena, being on the court in life and allowing yourself to really be fully seen. That's scary. <laughs> like, you know, really putting yourself out there. So the other thing was like this fear of, you know, not being enough, which is not true. I know that's not true, but there's like a 12-year-old girl inside of me that sort of still feels that. And then there's also this fear of like, you know, being judged. You know, I thought about what to wear today. I was going to wear a leopard, but I already have this reputation for overdoing it with a leopard. I thought it might be a little loud for tonight. Then I was like, well, maybe I'll just show up in yoga clothes because I'm really comfortable in yoga clothes. And I'm like, ah, I wear yoga clothes all the time. I should probably switch it up. And then I settled on jeans and a blazer thinking that this would like just stupid stuff that girls think about. And there was like this fear of judging. Like I was just going to stand up here and like totally bomb this talk, which I probably could be right now. <laughs> That's okay. So where I'm actually going with this is um, Carly asked me for my topic on this talk. And uh, it was around the time when the Trump stuff was going on and then the Women's March. And I was like rallying women to rise. That sounds like a good topic. That's going to get people's attention. And I really didn't know what I was going to talk about. But I actually think that all of this comes back to rallying women to rise, you know, to... Um, <sighs> Sorry, can everyone just close your eyes for a second? Yeah, close your eyes. <laughs> Take a deep breath in. And then exhale. <sighs> do it with a sigh. We'll do it two more times. Deep breath in. And exhale. <sighs> One more time. <sighs> Thank you. That was totally for me. <laughs> uh, so I actually, I'm getting really off topic right now. Um, 
where I'm going. <laughs> Can you guys all just clap for a second while I compose myself? Thank you. Thanks. Okay, so I want to talk about vulnerability. I wanted to talk about um, you know, standing in the arena, putting yourself in situations and positions that are a little bit uncomfortable and scary. So when Carly asked me to talk here today, um, without hesitation, I was like, yes, I would love to, I'll be there. And then when I, the swoosh sound when the email goes off, when that happened, I was like, what did I just commit to? Like, ah! And um, I know exactly what I committed to. And it was um, to step in it, to be in it, to put myself in these situations that are scary and uncomfortable for the sake of the sweetness on the other side of that. You know, there was um, this video, I don't know if you saw it on Facebook, it was a guy talking about lobsters and how lobsters grow. Blank faces, I'm guessing you haven't seen it. Let me tell you about it. So for a lobster to grow, what happens is a lobster is still growing and become too big for the shell, and the shell becomes very tight and very confining. So a lobster will go under a rock or find a safe place and um, you know, get rid of his shell and then you know, get a new one and then come back out. And then when that shell becomes too small, when it starts to outgrow that shell, he'll find a safe place, go under a rock, do the same thing, and that process goes back and forth. So the stimulus for the lobster to grow is for it to feel uncomfortable. And that's why I'm standing here today. I'm nervous as hell, but you know, it's about growing. And it's also like I have a hope that um, me standing up here totally bombing this talk will in some way inspire you to sort of stand up, be in the arena, and you know, do things that sort of scare you and, and make you uncomfortable for the sake of, of growth. As women especially, I feel like there's always this sort of not pressure, but there's this, um, this feeling of like we have to have it all together all the time. You know, I had this feeling of like I had to have my talk together. I had nothing together before I started blabbing on. Um, you know, that we have to look together. We have to, we don't want people to see that we are these beautiful, messy human beings. Nobody has it together. Put your hand up if you've got all your shit together. Yeah. Okay, great. So we're all in this together. And what happens is like, you know, as women, there's judging and there's criticism and that needs to stop. And I think that events like this, you know, when women come together, it's about really supporting and uplifting each other and, you know, being on the court, recognizing that we're on the same team. Could you imagine a world where, you know, you don't have to worry about what you're going to wear because people are going to see you and they might be judging you or what you're going to say for fear of looking stupid or feeling like you don't have it all together. That's a pretty beautiful world, and we can create that together. That sounds like a good, good place to stop. That was good. Okay, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> there she is, my friend Lindsay Vandenherk on the Drew Marshall Show. She's the owner of Discover Your Yoga. And uh, now that you've heard that audio for, what, the millionth time? Because, you know, I know you've listened to it since you've done your talk. What do you think? that you Like, you did that. Is it weird still? It is weird. You gotta feel a little proud of yourself, though. Yeah, I like the ending. (laughs) I felt like that was good. I didn't have that prepared, and I was like, "Yeah, that was it." Right. It's important to hit it and quit. Hit it and quit it. Yeah, learn that from Mr. James Brown. (laughs) Um, Do you see maybe doing more speaking in the future? I'd like to. I mean, that's definitely something that's out of my comfort zone. So I uh, I want to step into that. Brene Brown, the book, Vulnerability. Has it kind of, what, you brought it with you? Are you kidding me? That's funny. I did bring it with me. And what, do you have it open to a certain page? I do. Is there something you'd like to share with the kids today? Sure, I would love to. Teacher Lindsay? <laughs> it is um, the Theodore Roosevelt's uh, speech on, um, like, the man in the arena. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. Can Go I for it. it. Yeah. Okay. 
So does not the critic who counts, not the man who points out how the strong man stumbles or where the doer of deeds could have done them better. The credit belongs to the man who is actually in the arena, whose face is marred by dust and sweat and blood, who strives valiantly, who errs, who comes short again and again. Because there's no effort without error and shortcoming. But who does actually strive to do the deeds, who knows great enthusiasms, the great devotions, who spends himself in a worthy cause, who at the best knows in the end the triumph of high achievement, and who at the worst, if he fails, at least he fails while daring greatly. Did you feel like you were failing when you were up speaking in front of a group of women? Did you feel like you were failing? N- n- I don't know what that noise was. No, no. Good. No, because I felt like I was in the arena. And, you know, just like the whole thing about being on the court, you know, people who are in the stands can say what they want. But, you know, I was kind of in it. Mm-hmm. So no one can throw shade on you because you stepped in. <laughs> You're so gangster, eh? Drew. Word. Yeah. 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 Or, or you'll be catching these hands, bro. <laughs> okay. I'm, the reason you're on the show is because you're my friend and I'm very proud of you. I wanted to reach out to, like I did Uti, uh, who we just heard from, I wanted to reach out to women who have overcome. She overcame horrendous issues with her mom. You have overcome um, lies that you believe about yourself and about women that you, you know, females that you grew up with and all the sort of issues that help form you and shape lies that you, you still struggle to believe, right? So I'm proud of you and you're a great communicator. But the other thing is, and I'm not sure whether people know this or not, and you have some of your fans listening right now, uh, you studied to be a teacher and then you stopped being a teacher so that you could follow your dream. You became a full-time yoga instructor. You opened up your own yoga studio. And that's awesome. That is just, it's crazy. You know what's crazy, right? I know that other people would think it's crazy, but it's not crazy. What do your parents think? Do they think that you're crazy? Uh, So, I don't know. I think my parents were, you know, they're supportive, but they're also kind of like, what are you thinking? Like, you know, you've got this good job going on and... um, you know, it's not that I didn't think I could do it. It's that they were scared for me, hmm. you know, and. Well, <laughs> tell us about Kripalu. What is Kripalu yoga? How does that differ from yogi yoga? Is it, is all yoga just yoga? <laughs> yogi yoga. Yogi yoga. Hey, let's, let's get into downward dog. <laughs> Uh, Kripalu yoga. I mean, that's just the style of yoga that I teach. Um, does it, that mean it's, it's, it's all harder good. yoga? No, is it's it... like, um. I don't know. The biggest thing with Kripalu Yoga is that whole thing of practicing compassionate, non-judgmental self-awareness. I'm sorry. Say that one more time. (laughs) Say it again. It is the practice of compassionate, non-judgmental self-awareness. Hmm. I think I wrote about that in my Camino Confessions blog. Because while I was walking out in the Camino de Santiago, that little thing that you just said there was pounding me. Say it again. Compassionate, non-judgmental self-awareness. Do you realize that Jesus was all about that? No? You're looking at me like a little blank face. <laughs> yeah. uh, who? <laughs> yeah, not too familiar with Jesus. So. No. No. This brings me to the next point. Uh-oh. Well, you're not a you're not a big Jesus girl. You're not a Jesus girl at all. You didn't grow up with any God stuff or church stuff or whatever stuff. And uh, I can imagine that the odd time you would have someone come to your yoga place and they would say, can I just talk to you, Lindsay? They pull you aside and they go, you know, I had someone say to me the other day that you shouldn't do yoga because it's evil and you might get Satan in you. 
What do you think about that? What, what's your initial reaction to that? Because we had a conversation the other night with someone who basically had that happen to her, right? Yeah. And I know the Jesus people that would have said to her, ooh, if you do yoga, you're going to get Satan. What, what goes on in your brain when you hear that? Well, listeners can't see my eyes rolling right now, but... Um, Speaking of getting Satan. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't even know what to say to that because I've never even really heard it until just recently. And I, I just don't... I don't get what they think is so bad about, um, you know, moving and stretching your body, about connecting with yourself, about deepening your breath, about finding your center, about staying grounded. Like, all these things, I just don't see anything wrong with that. Oh, I'm so glad you brought that up. Tim? Ooh, well, according to a number of people I've done research on. Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, let me just preface it by saying I'm, I'm, I'm with Lindsay 100%. I do yoga and I don't think there's a problem. But anyways, uh, Lorette Willis, um, who... We actually, don't care who said it. Well, just I just want to make sure that there's... Points. Yeah, well, here's a couple of them. Um, postures uh, that are offered to the 330 million Hindu gods, they are really offerings to the gods, these postures. Um, when I was in India, I would often see people doing yoga poses in front of statues of these gods. For example, um, there's another one that Christian yoga is ultimately an oxymoron. Ooh. It's like saying someone is a Christian Buddhist or a Christian Hindu. What are you trying to do making Christian yoga? So here's the one of the pushbacks. Some Jesus people would say to you, by simply doing the poses, you are mimicking things, poses, you're mimicking religious rituals that people of another religion would offer up to their gods. And because you're doing that same kind of pose and ritual and, and you know, uh, things that those people used to do, um, you're, you're, uh, you're not worshiping the true God. And therefore, if you're not worshiping the true God, then you're, you're inviting evil into your life. Look at her face. Yeah. Look at yeah. her face. I can't see it because it's a side view. I mean, some of them called it like a gateway drug, for lack of a better description. Gateway drug. To, to, other, to other spiritual, like to welcome in spiritual problems. They call it like a gateway okay. thing. So let's start with this. What is going on inside of My you? My mind is like blown right now. I don't even know what to say to that. Um, I know what to say, but we can't say that. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> what, no, because you're, you're coming at this from a, a non-church background, a non-religious background. Mm. You come at this from a very neutral point of view. So the pushback is going to be from people going, well, that's, she's just being naive. Satan. She's just being naive. You don't know. Lindsay, you don't know. You're teaching people to worship false gods. That is not true. I don't even talk about God in my classes. Oh, that's worser. Is it worser? (laughs) You're being ignorant, which is better. Um, I I guess that the issue I have with with this is it's hard enough to be convinced that there is a God for some people, let alone that there is a Satan, let alone that there is supernatural evil in the world. So let me ask you, do you think there is more to life than, than the physical? Do you think there's a spiritual there something, something other than just physical? Something bigger and greater. Yeah, than something myself? bigger and greater. Yeah. You do. Yeah. Okay. Um, I wonder if that makes you a. Uh, hold on. Do you have to be? Do you have to believe in something bigger and greater to be a yoga instructor? No, I don't think so. So it's not like AA where you have to believe in a bigger and a higher power. No. <laughs> I wasn't trying to belittle. No, no, no. I get it. Sort of. I get it. Yeah. Uh, so, I don't even know where to go with this. Um, 
Discover Your Yoga is the name of the studio, and there's a lot of intention behind that. So, you know, whatever it is for you, whether you just come and you stretch and move your body because your back hurts, great. Whether you want to, you know, um, help with feelings of anxiety and stress, or you want to learn how to breathe a little deeper and slow down, great. You know, and if you want to actually learn a little bit more about, you know, the philosophy and the history of this practice that, you know, that is from India, that does have, like, Hindu background stuff, then then great, you can go there too. So I just think that um, my job as an instructor is to create a safe space for people to discover whatever it is that, you know. How do you feel about the people that have, let me back this up. You now know that there are Christians who freak out over yoga. That was one of the reasons I first came to your uh, your studio is because every summer I try to lean into communities of different belief systems that I've made fun of over the years. And I have made serious fun of the yoga people because you guys deserve to be made fun of. Come on. Come on. No? Okay. <laughs> no, I'm getting better. So, uh... So I went and and I came out of this tribal belief that if I, this is how bad it got. When I walked by a store and I smelled incense, incense to me meant Satan. Incense, Ah. I know, look at your face. So when a Christian says something like this to you, I'm sorry I can't come to your studio. I'm sorry I can't come into your studio. I'm sorry I can't take a class. I'm sorry I can't do yoga because if I do it, I'm going to allow Satan to influence my life. What is your, honestly, what is your thought about Christians who say that? Compassion and non-judgment. What is wrong with you? (laughs) Don't you hate it when the non-Christian people demonstrate Christian love? Oh, I hate when that happens. You know, I don't need to push back. I'm not trying to convince people to do yoga, man. If it works for you, great. If it doesn't, great. Hmm. Everyone's got their own medicine, whatever that is. So, Medicine. you know, I offer it, I offer it and you can take it or leave it, hmm. you know, and I might not be an instructor that people connect with. And there might be somebody who, you know, Christian yoga, whatever that um, oxymoron, whatever oh, no, that she was. wasn't allowed. She she called. Oh, that's an oxymoron. Oh, she didn't like that. No, she calls yeah, it yeah, praise yeah. moves and the way she justifies. Moves? Yes. The way she justifies. <laughs> oh, yeah. It, that's her trademark. I, as, I yes, looked her up this morning. Is as as she does her. For example, there's a posture called the vine. Is that correct? Lindsay, yes, maybe a posture. Anyways, so what she does is then she connects Christian verses. As you're in this vine posture, you have to recite in your mind, I am the vine, you are the branches, blah, blah, blah. blah right, blah, that's blah. a Keith Green song. Yes. <laughs> I didn't sing it as well as no, him. No, not at all. Well, that's how this woman sort of justifies it. What are you looking at in your phone? I'm just looking because I, I was looking up, I'm um, actually just in the parking lot before I came up to the studio, uh-huh. um, was looking up A little last minute prep? Yeah, Lorette Willis. Cramming. And I was like, is, seriously? Yeah. Um, but yeah, so Hold she on, who's Lorette Willis? She's she's the Christian yoga person. Yes, but she does, she, she she's the one who said you can't call it Christian yoga because it's like Christian Buddhism, and yet she has this. She call it Christian stretching. Moves. She calls it praise moves, and oh. by attaching she the was Bible a yoga verse teacher, to it, yeah. and she grew up like in like going to you know yoga ashrams with her mom, yep, and yep, and yep. then she ended up having this like she ended up becoming an alcoholic and something else, and then blamed yoga for that. Yes, and the then gateway she drug dropped to her knees and prayed to God, and then. I don't know how it works in your world, but she was in my saved. world. <laughs> she was like, then all of a sudden, she just became a Jesus person, right? And then, and then now she's hating on yoga. Hmm. But she does it herself and, and justifies it. No, by she does yoga poses. So she does, she does. She makes she makes shapes with her body while she reads Bible verses, which is yoga poses. Hey, man, whatever. <laughs> no, yeah, I'm just, it's I'm uh, just, no, that's what I'm saying. Okay. I'm saying it's 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 ironic that she accuses yoga of being a problem, yet she does it herself. But just so, gives it another name. 
here is my sort of summarizing rant on this. If there is a God... You've been ranting all day. I have been. It's a bit, I've Man. been a bit ranty. Wow. I need some ice cream and Pop-Tarts. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so if there is a God, then I would assume that God is all-powerful, all-knowing, and God... I'm going to lean with, uh, keep going with God would be love. So if there is a God, I I believe that if there is a God, God is love. Oh shit! So would you? Sh- so our listeners out there who don't understand. If there is a God, I can't imagine God being so weak and feeble as to be scared of yoga or scared of the belief systems of people that don't align with Christianity. The other side of this is, are you telling me that unless Jesus said it, it's not true? I think that's what it's, it's, a, it's at the heart of all of this. If Unless Jesus said it, unless it's in the Bible, it's not true. So are you saying that Gandhi did not speak truths? Are you saying that Buddha did not speak truths? And if you're, if you're saying that, you're nuts. Well, the irony and you're of Gandhi, arrogant. You're yeah. spiritually arrogant. The irony of Gandhi is he says, you know, Christ was awesome. It's the people that are idiots. I mean, I'm, I'm a little paraphrasing, a little there. paraphrasing, yeah. you know, he's kind of like the same thing. You know, God is not the problem. It's his fan club. He was a big fan of Jesus. In fact, he said his whole nonviolent approach to to protest was based on Jesus, which is I want to quote, I wanna quote Lindsay. Okay. I don't even know Jeebus. <laughs> I did say that. Didn't yeah. I? <laughs> mm, sacrilegious. Um, OK, so let's wrap this up before we get into our pub crawl. Uh, do you mind staying and being part of our pub crawl, by the way? Sure. Because we're going to talk about some women's things. Okay. Ooh, that sounded like we're going to talk about feminine protection <laughs> yes. or something. Uh, it just got awkward. This brought to you by Kotex. Um, do you um, do you actually have – I don't even know how to say this without um, prejudicing the question. Go for it, Drew. Since what have you – No, I know. What, what do you think of um, church people? No, really. I'm totally throwing you under the bus and putting you on the spot with this. Because you have had an – look, I know you enough to know. You've had experience with some p- church people that seem to be fairly normal and uh, and nice and pleasant. But then you've had pushback from other church people. Have you not? Have you not had church people be a pain in your butt other than me? And I'm not a church person. <laughs> um, like about yoga, you mean? Yeah. I wouldn't say they're a pain in my butt. Like I think they just – Ask questions or, you know. You're so gracious. You have just. It's pronounced ignorant in case you were looking for the word. Oh, yeah. No. See, (laughs) Tim and I can be, we can be cheeky about the the Christians who. I feel like I'm not allowed to because I, I wasn't on your side before. Right. You know, so it's like I don't. But, you know, the way I look at it is, is sometimes we need the people on the outside to sort of help us to understand what we're missing. You know, you can't see the forest for the trees, yeah. that kind of thing. Well, then I have a question. I don't get, I don't get why, like, um, Christian people, people. Yes. Um, what do they think is going to happen while you're in a yoga class? Like, I don't get what they think. So I they, get the chanting and that kind of stuff, but I don't always do that in my classes. Like, you know, there's a lot of instructors that don't. No, so. but they would believe that if you even, bu- if so you bust out into Om, Om, just hearing that. Mm-hmm. Is a gateway for Satan to come into your life, the enemy of God, the fallen angel. How does angel. he get there? Like, how is he, he in class? Does he just jump in? Like, I don't get. How does he get there? Okay, I want to. Only the insiders would get this story. Larry Norman, the godfather of Christian rock, yes. once said on stage, 
I'm not sure if I believe in sacred sat- secret satanic backward masking where Satan gets into lyrics and, and they play it backwards and then he, he gets into albums and stuff. Like Satan he gets into f- rock albums, al- Ozzy Osbourne albums and affects your... Like what if he accidentally gets in the wrong album? What if he gets into a Neil Diamond album? He'll be on the shelf for years. You ask... A, a normal, natural pushback, which is what I want my show to be about, for people to go, okay, hold on. Maybe there is a God, and maybe there is good out there in the supernatural world and evil in the supernatural world. But think about things. If you want to try to figure out where evil comes from, I think we need to look at our own um, our own egos, our own selfishness, our own pride. If you want to f- try to figure out how... If there is supernatural evil, how that supernatural evil evil impacts someone's life, and what's the gateway? How does it get into? It gets into our lives by us being selfish, judgmental, um, jerks. How's that for a little? Did I get preachy? It's excellent. I am more, way more worried about my ego than I am about Satan. If there is a Satan, uh, Satan doesn't need to waste time with me. My ego is doing enough damage to me. Any questions, Lindsay? I have so many questions, but I'm just... Okay, we'll talk afterwards. Yeah. All right. Maybe we can ask our next guest on the show. All right, a short break, and when we come back, it's Kimberlyn Brown and uh, Tracy Melchior. They are both actresses. They have both been on The Bold and the Beautiful. They have both been on The Young and the Restless, and they are both going to join us for today's pub crawl. We'll be right back.